Robert Plant lives. We come from the land of the ice and snow with the midnight sun where Path Girl blows. On my hammer of the gods, ah, drive my ship in your ass. Yeah. Oh, God. Robert Plant is rolling in his grave going, no. <laughs> I love the fact that you just killed somebody who's not dead. Wait, no, Robert Plant's dead. No, 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 he's not. He's old. There's a difference between old and dead, Path Girl. I'm old. Okay, my mistake. Not Sorry. dead. <laughs> Robert Plant, not hitting those notes anymore. But don't worry, neither oh, am I. No. <laughs> neither, neither am I. But you know what? You want to know fucking what? What? You know what I just what? learned last night about what? that song? Yes. From the, uh, who is it? The professor of rock, this fucking nerdy guy that does these things on YouTube. Oh. And he's fucking awesome. Yeah. And he really tells good stories. And he fucking loves music. And he's like a nerdy kid that grew up and uh, tells stories. And he told the story of that song, the immigrant song, which now all makes sense. Led Zeppelin being probably my all-time most inspiring band next to Queen. And the immigrant song is a song about Vikings. And I found out, watch how this is connected, Path Girl, to Perverted Podcast. That song was specifically written because of a concert that Led Zeppelin did in like 1969 in where else but our amazing listener capital of Reykjavik, Iceland. And he was so taken aback with the history and the Viking history of Iceland and Reykjavik that he wrote, and him and Jimmy Page wrote the immigrant song. Well, our listeners, our listeners are in Reykjavik right now. Enigma and I blabbed about Iceland, and I didn't mm. even know it all makes sense. It's a perfect fucking circle. I gotta go to Iceland. A podcast. I gotta go Didn't to Iceland. Somebody plant a pee pee flag there once. Yeah, we what was it? Uh, Jekyll, Latour, Jekyll and maybe? Dom. Somebody, uh, yeah, yeah, and fucking dude up at the volcano. Yes, saying yes, our jingle at it. an active volcano. Which, by the way, <laughs> amazing to watch that video. It's on our YouTube channel yes. to see just nobody stopping anyone from just being right at the edge of the lava, burning hot <laughs> lava. Fucking Icelandic motherfuckers don't give a fuck. They're like, look at us. Oh, we're supposed to start a show. Shit. The show you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. That means you don't have to listen to it. But if you're curious, here we go. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange. Welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show we explore our fascination with Iceland, sex, and the human mind. Recording on Zencaster on the, from the bottom of a pint of Haagen-Dazs chocolate chocolate chip ice cream. I'm Path Girl. I am Count Boogie, and anytime a woman says they're eating Haagen-Dazs ice cream, I know this can't be good. Yes, yes, this can, yes. But I'm, first, I'm, eating, I'm totally eating my feelings. 
Oh, my God. Hang on a sec. But first, let's say hello to all our zombie zits and zams, new listeners, and, of course, a mega shout-out to all our amazing Patreon supporters that keep this show alive like a fire-coming dragon. Yes. Just a dragon flying over you, Path Girl, just squirting its glorious Icelandic lava cum. Oh. (laughs) Melting your hagen. Why are you eating ice cream? My year of hell has officially started. My son took his senior high school pictures yesterday. My baby's growing up. <laughs> oh, he's not a little baby. He's 17. It just, they put him in like a mock tuxedo for his formals, and I'm sitting there just trying not to go off a cliff and talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. And then they took him outside and took some really nice pictures on campus. And I'm sitting there going, he's a senior. Oh what happened God. to my baby? Oh, oh my God. Was Did he see yeah. this display? No, no, I hit it very well. That, you know, hence the, this, uh, went and got the pint of Hagen Dazs, dropped him off at dad's house, and just completely, I've been eating my feelings for the last two days. <laughs> oh my God. That poor child. I mean, yes. so the, what, by the year countdown, what do you mean? Like a year until he's 18 and then gets the fuck out? Well, or? He, he's, he's 18 in a couple of months, but like to the end of senior year, I mean, the end, you know, he graduates in June of 2024. So it's just, yeah, he, I mean, he won't be moving out. Uh, he'll be going to either tra- trade school, college, something we, we're still trying to figure that out. But, uh, just the year of all the gut punches were like, here's his senior pictures. Here's his senior yearbook. Here's his last senior prom. Oh wait, it's senior awards. Ta-da, graduation. Aren't yeah. you excited about that? I, like I am, but it's still it's still bittersweet because it's just like you know this this little squishy baby is just as is taller than me has more a full mustache and you know beard if he doesn't shave I'm like oh my god what happened just like, <laughs> so I'm excited but it's it's still bittersweet so I basically I just need somebody to beat my ass a lot so my brain will shut up so I'll, I may have to go to Doctor Donis and go hi please shut my brain up beat me. <laughs> Beat me, fuck me, make me not Big think of senior oh. photos. That does sound a little creepy, but, you know, I, I'm going to roll with you. I don't have kids, so I don't understand that. But um, yeah. I, I do understand that it's probably a big transition when you've been. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, I only, like, teeny, teeny bit understand having a long-term DDLG relationship with Mew and then knowing that my job was to get her out of my place and yeah. into med school. And then and she left. And that yeah, was similarities. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, on a little thing, and then of course, pushing her on the swing when we went lizarding over the oh, cliff. Oh, I remember that picture. And, and that picture oh. of just uh, fucking kills you. Cause, but yeah. you know, you're excited because they're, they're going on. And even though it's a relationship that uh, is ending, you understand that that's kind of the process of life. Okay, I, I kind of go yeah. with you a little bit on it. Yeah. yeah. As long as you didn't sh- fucking show them, because that would have been awkwardly no, no, embarrassing. No, no, I, d- I just took the pictures and just kind of like, just kind of suck it up, suck it up, suck it up, half girl. But um, on a fun note, uh, I finally got to do my belated birthday spankings back about a week, a week and a half ago. So How many, how many did your butt slut go? Uh, my butt slut went to 49 plus one for good luck. So <laughs> how many people? Uh, so it was Doc and Kat and Donis, and we had one other girl that's in our tribe that all did it. So they kind of split them each 12, and then D- 
Adonis and uh, Kat took the last two and they kind of did them together at the same time. But uh, I broke out all the toys in my bag, including um, I found a, a spatula with a bat on it, you know, like as the paddle part. So I had nice. a bat bat. <laughs> nice. Did you get a bat mark? Did you get the bat signal on your ass? Uh, a little bit. Part of the wing came out. They were they were try- it, 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 it was kind of a flimsy spatula. So you had to like, you know, kind of hit really hard to get it. But um cat actually came behind me and did a two-handed like almost under the butt like slap and i was kind of like oh oh i i, I like that one i don't I'm, what was that count again and like i tried to finish so she could do it again she goes no that was like 36 come on <laughs> so when but, you so she lifted your ass and basically shook your pussy I guess a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Like, yeah. Nice. She, I, I don't know how she did it because she literally got behind me and like both hands just kind of smacked upward and, and was like, oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> did anyone uh, give you some birthday bro finger? No, no. Our, our, our tribe, we do not sexually play, not unless we're their respective partners. But uh, can no, I just, get your uh, tribe on the phone? Because someone needs to fucking <laughs> fix this shit. This is stupid. We yeah, have a show. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, Doc and Cat are poly, and, you know, we're all can, you know, I'm part, I, I have like a little bracelet that I wear to show that I'm part of like, I'm kind of like Doc's tribe kind of thing. Um, right. And we all kid around that all the girls that he play with, plays with is, is his harem. But uh, no, I mean, as far as sexually is concerned, like everybody's either partnered off or we have some single people that have play partners or sex partners, things like that. So right. no, we don't yeah. intertwine that. So. I mean, bro finger doesn't technically count, even if, especially if you wear a glove. <laughs> Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Should Path Girl be getting multiple bro fingers for her birthday <laughs> from both men and women? Yes. Well, I did get my ass sp- smacked by two women and two men. It was very, very nice. I had some nice, didn't really bruise that much, but I uh, had nice, some nice little bat at wings and uh, and there was one oh there's one paddle that doc has it's fucking huge i mean it's just like i was like please go gentle with that one and you could because you could really get a wind up and it was just like oh really thumb, so really just... did you get your birthday birthday headers from donna's well i mean my birthday was was, was last month i kind of just delayed the birthday spankings until because the last party we went to uh he wasn't able to attend, so i kind of pushed it off but yeah and then that night yeah of course i got my but a couple times since then, I've gotten my 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 Donis dick very very well. And uh, oh gosh, uh, he came over last weekend, and we started with some really really connective like deep sex, and then all of a sudden he like jumps on top of me, and grabs me by the throat and starts fucking me hard. And I was just like, I thought we were playing. Like later, I was like, I thought you were you know playing nice. He goes, I was, <laughs> I was, and then I got bored. <laughs> Oh gosh! You can but, only uh, sweet fuck for so long. True, and true, then you start true. to, and then that thing starts to come in. You're like, "This is real nice," and then you hear that voice in the back of your head: "Fucker, get her! Fucker brings out, get her! Squeeze her tits, do something evil, smack that bitch in the face. You know she wants it. Get her, fuck her harder, fuck her harder, bro finger right in the ass, thumb in the ass, flip her over, ah, fucker." And then you're like, oh, I love you, and you're petting their hair. This mm-hmm. is sweet. This is our intimate moment. Fuck her. Fuck her harder. <laughs> you must I obey. I actually heard your shark voice there. <laughs> <laughs> that, jeez, uh, what was I, black tip? That's right. Black tip, and, uh, oh, I miss the sharks. I do miss mm. the sharks. We had so much fun being fucking sharks. 
Well, that's awesome that you got some uh, some magic spankings and that you got some good dicking. Yes. And uh, we should just get on with some magical discussions. Yes. Proverbs and philosophy, what can we learn from ancient things? My dear sweet path girl. Yes, Boogie. Long ago, humanity was figured out by humans. There are thousands of writings to prove it. Maybe the metaphors need to be updated a bit. But there was therapy before therapy when there was no prescription meds. Some free-thinking assholes just sat around for a while. They thought stuff out in their heads, looking at nature, looking at the behaviors of people. And they found a road forward to dealing with our lives. So to prove it, Path Girl, we have come up with this segment to apply some of these ancient teachings to our own kinky lives. Awesome. This is why we're doing this segment. A lot of people, I told some people about this segment. People were actually very excited about this because, yeah, yeah because it's, we'll just get into it. But it's just, if you yeah. really look at a lot of the things that have been said literally for thousands of years, as long as there's been writing in history, there's been people thinking about shit. And some of the stuff, not, I mean, there's a lot of stupid shit, a lot of ignorant stuff that's been said, and it's still said to this day. But there are some people that uh, really had a great grasp of humanity long before all of this stuff happened. So let's dig in to a couple. I have two that we'll do today, and if it works out, then we'll do others. But let's start with uh, one of the biggies. Senor. Latin guy, I think. I think he's Latin. Uh, Confucius. Confucius was Latin. Confucius. He wore a giant... Senor Confucius. Okay, probably not Latin. He was a big... uh, Confucius was, of course, uh, a great Chinese philosopher. I think both our quotes to date are from Chinese. You got a bunch of Nordic ones we'll do next time. Uh... But let's go with this and then see how we apply it to our kink lives. Confucius said, it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you don't stop. It doesn't matter how slow you go, just don't stop. So now, applying that to kink or kink dynamic, how would you do that? You can apply it multiple ways. I mean... A lot of people rush headlong into sure. kink and just burn out because it's just like they want to try 50 million things at once and they don't do it well or they don't get educated enough. And then it's just they say, screw this. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm never coming back to it. Or right. even in a rela- kink relationship where it's just like you're dating somebody. Kinky sex is awesome. Okay, automatically we're going to do a DS relationship. Then we're going to do an MS relationship and just getting way ahead of themselves. Sure. We, we've, we've preached it all the time on the show. Take your time, get educated, talk to your partner, talk to people in a community where it's just keep moving forward in the kink. And as long as you keep moving forward, you'll get what you want. I actually love that. That is actually very similar to some of the things I said. Uh, it does not matter how slowly you go, as long as you do not stop, Confucius said. I pretty much think Confucius was talking about Anal training. 
because a lot of people rush anal training, Path Girl, and a this lot of disastrous, a lot of disastrous anal sex that has literally ruined anal sex for both men and women. Yes. Because they didn't go slow enough. You don't stop. You have to keep going. Once you start your anal training, you got to continue your anal training. You got to do a little bit at a time. Maybe just start with a pinky. Doesn't have to be the fat cock going up in the asshole. Not everyone's ass is like that. Go slow. Confucius knew what the fuck he was talking about. Well, then you could also apply Confucius to, you know, a, a deep throated blowjob where it's just, just a throat slow, training. So fuck, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Throat, throat training is very important. I mean, unless you're into the whole, you know, making them throw up thing, um, which some people are, uh, you know, so. Uh, but, yeah, Confucius really had it had it down. Of course, just like you, I started going, hey, you don't have to be the best dom or the best sub. You just have to keep learning. And the don't stop part is the thing that I'm really queuing in on because in my kink life, like a lot of us learn this with COVID because there is such a big shutdown. And then we all stop kinking. And then we kind of, most of us, like me, just kind of stopped staying active in all of those lessons and learning new things. And then what happens, you know, when you stop is what you have actually starts to deteriorate. Yes. Which was a perfect example when I started playing again. I like literally had to rack my brain and like, wait a minute. And then, you know, making uh, social errors and, and some etiquette issues at parties and stuff like that, hogging the room or things like that. Things that when you are active in the process that you don't forget. And so it's really, I mean, it's a great quote that has been around for thousands of years that can just handle so much of your kink life that if you stay active, like say you just learn one small thing a week, just one, one little thing, go spend five minutes, get in a group, learn about a new fetish, learn about a new kink, you know, read one discussion on etiquette or, you know, dynamics or how to communicate one little thing a week. That's 52 fucking skills you're going to have at the end of a year. Right. That's a shitload of skills. In five years, that's what, 260? Two, Roughly, 260? Yeah. 260 to 10 to Fucking, if you're good at math, <laughs> pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> let me know if 52 times Carry 5 is fucking 260. Yeah, exactly. I think exactly. it is. That's what it is. Okay, yes. Okay, okay, thanks. But that's, I mean, just don't stop. Just be active because not only do your skills die, but I mean, we have, there's so much evidence when elderly people, like you get stuck in your job, you just start doing a pattern, you know, you're the way you raise your kids, take your kids here, you do that, you just get on this treadmill and you're not learning anything new. You're not inspiring yourself and you're sure not inspiring your relationships. This is super critical in your relationships. Never stop learning in your relationships, always be checking in, always be checking in on that communication and how your partner feels about things, how your partner still feels about the sex that you're having. Is the sex getting uh, stale? Do you need to change some things up? Are things that you think that they still like, they no longer are into, and it's now just they're doing it just to make you happy or they're not into it? 
these are all things that if you continually stay active in, even at a slow pace, you're going to mitigate a lot of problems in your relationships. Well, and along the lines of that, I mean, I've seen over the years, even myself, where I get really busy in my kinky life where I'll have multiple events or especially when I was single, I was going out to munches and sloshes and this and that. And it, I, it was getting to the point where like I didn't have any time for myself or my vanilla life. And I've seen it with other people where it's just like they go to every single event, everything that's out there, and then they disappear for a year or two. Right. And if you were to pace yourself and go, okay, I need to devote more time to my vanilla life or my job. Like you said, you could take a step back and still be involved and go to one event a month or just, you know, right. maybe not go into the, the the local scene, but stay active on FetLife, stay active on any other, you know, kinky groups that you belong to and just keep learning where it's just you can give yourself some breathing room to take care of whatever you need to do in regular life. And then once that's settled up, then you can start going back into kink life because it's just there's been so many people over the years I've seen that have really fit well into the kink life and then they disappear. And then they come back and they're like, oh, yeah, I had a divorce. Oh, yeah, my kids, my this, my that. And it's just like you can take a step back, but not completely back where you completely stop. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's not it's not a competition. Yeah. It's it's not it's not even a race. I mean, life is a race. OK, metaphor, whatever. But it's not a competition. The idea is that you keep yourself and your partners engaged with each other. And so in a lot of ways slow and steady, you know, does win the race. Yeah. It does keep you moving forward because you're not burning yourself out, which you, just yeah. like you said, we've seen that a lot. I love yeah. that one. I thought Confucius yeah. really nailed it. I think Confucius understood kink. And uh, I don't know much about the history other than he said a lot of really cool shit. Mm. Uh, there's another one. What is it? Lao, Lao Tzu? A lot of the fucking... Asians, man, they were really good thinkers. There were some really great fucking thinkers. Mm -hmm. What is it? Lao Tzu, Lutz. Well, we'll do a couple of theirs uh, next time. But this next one, another good one that came from uh, originally, what is it? Zhuang Zhao? Perpetualpodcast.gmail.com if you understand who this fucking person is. Uh, it's <laughs> Zhuang Zhao or Zhuhao or something. I but anyway, it's, out, yeah. it's a famous it's a famous story that was turned into kind of a proverb, and uh, I love it. It's it's pretty famous. You've probably heard it. The frog in the well knows nothing of the ocean. The yeah, frog in the well, so so prophetic, so prophetic. It just like hits you right away, except for the fact. I'm going to talk some shit before we get into it. <laughs> I hate to break it to Zwang, but no fucking frog knows the ocean. Did this guy not know there's no fucking ocean frogs? Not a single fucking frog. It sounds so cool. You know, the frog in the well doesn't know the ocean. You are correct, but neither does the fucking frog hanging out at fucking Outback Steakhouse. Because that's where frogs go, by the way. Outback Steakhouse is a fake oh, Australian. Blimey. I don't think I don't think they have Outback Steakhouses in Australia. They just go out and have barbecue where there's no yeah. frogs. But I digress. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> the quote itself is actually pretty awesome. Do you want to give your take first? Okay. So I was thinking of this kink-wise as basically like, 
if you stay in your little kink sphere, if you will, where it's mm-hmm. just you have your own ideas of what a kink lifestyle is, you have your own ideas of what a kink relationship and what you're supposed to do in a dungeon and all that. When you step into another place you're and you're not going to have that opportunity to open up yourself to learn, you're not going to learn anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many people that just kind of stated that like, I can't tell you how many times I talk to people on FET and I'm like, hey, come out to an event. Let's talk. You know, oh, I, I, I can't do that. You know, they just want to stay in their little well of like, oh, I'm going to be kinky online or I'm going to be kinky behind my phone and not actually step out into the real world and see what kink really is. Sure, sure. There's so much. I mean, this is my story. That's why I love this, even though there's no such thing as an ocean frog. The uh, tadpoles <laughs> won't live uh, in fucking saltwater. Duh. Fucking Zouts. Sort of fucking God. Outback Steakhouse. Some good food, though. Not Australian, I don't think. But to me, this really resonates because this was my experience. I was, I thought I was pretty kinky. And I've shared this on the show before. Um, But what I thought about kink was you spanked someone until you got hard and fucked them. Yes. And that was kind of it. And I was the frog in the well, and I I thought that was pretty cool. But then I got invited into the lifestyle, and I Uh went, and immediately, uh, ocean is a great description of what I was introduced into. There were so many thoughts and so many opinions and so many ways of doing things and so many perspectives and variables on each thing, things I had never even heard of or even understood. My, I, I was so blown away. Things like not all kink ends in sex. <gasps> what? Some kink goes down a road of like pure inner meditation, like Confucius level meditation where you have inward hallucinations and discover things about yourself or there's catharsis or all of these things. And then, of course, the multiple dynamics of different types of relationships, the different fetishes, the different types of play, how people connect, the chemistry, the amount of fucking communication. That was used, and I thought I was a pretty good communicator. But leaving that well, once I left the well, I I saw a world that has literally changed my life. And it doesn't mean, like, if you have a private job or, you know, we know the things. There are things you can't escape in your life, and you shouldn't go to a public play thing because it's a big risk to your career or whatever. But there are still ways that you can learn things. There are still, you can get fake, you know, fake email addresses and start FetLife accounts and start investigating, at least be a part of the groups and start learning, reading things, you know, and and expanding your mind on the things that you're curious about with your sexuality. It is It is going to show you a different world. And then once again, the biggest thing that we've talked about a lot on the show is all of these things that we learned in kink have so many transferring units over to your regular life. My relationships with my friends, my family, you know, workers, those types of things all improved because I learned to be a better communicator because of kink. There are so many things that when you step outside of your well, when you crawl up out of it and you say, hey, maybe there's some other stuff to learn here. 
what's out there waiting for you could be life-changing, completely life-changing. And on, yeah, definitely. Defin- go ahead. No, actually, I was thinking, going back to, and I, I've discussed this in the show also, where there was a time you shoved me out of the well, where right. you, when I, you and I started talking years ago, I was of the a thing of, well, I've done pickup play and it wasn't great. And yeah, I'm just going to stick to doing kink with my the partners that, that, that I date and the partners I have a long-term relationship with. And you were like, nope, nope, nope. You need to go out there and do some pickup play and try it out and try it out. And sure enough, you shoved me out of the well and I started trying playing with Doc and it wound up going great. And I was actually able to break that association of, huh, I can't do pickup play or I can't do play with somebody else who I'm not having sex with. Who to fuck it? <laughs> sure. And this is, I mean, once again, this applies to so many things. Another thing that we now want to go into a little bit of the darkness of why as a frog, it's important to leave the well. There are people out there for our newer listeners who are newer to kink. There are people out there who want to keep you in the well because they don't want you to see the positive aspects of this lifestyle. They don't want you to learn about the self-actualization. They don't want you to learn about being able to advocate for yourself and how important and ethical it is to be able to use your voice and to have your own personal limits and to damn well have your personal limits respected. There are people that want to keep you ignorant and keep you in the well so they can control you and they can make you not see what a piece of shit they are. Yeah. We've heard this many, many times with fake uh, dominance, predatory dominance, both on this, both male and female. It doesn't matter. Yes. It does not matter, but it is so important for you. Anyone that tries to keep you in the well, and I'm not talking about who you date or play with. Okay. If you're monogamous, you're monogamous, whatever. But as far as getting information, anyone that says, oh, you don't need to learn all that stuff. I can teach you all of this. That's got to be a red flag. That's got to be a really big flag because I'll promise you as smart as that person is, they don't know a fraction of that ocean that is out there. That amazing ocean that is going to give you so many options and so many things that you didn't think of. That's where you got to be. Put on your salt won't kill me frog wetsuit (laughs) and stretch your little fucking bouncy bounce legs and get the fuck out of the well. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know, let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Oh, it's a great day to talk to Enigma. Enigma, here you Enigma. are. <laughs> How are you doing, Enigma? I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm doing pretty good. I had a, you know, a good work day. It's, it's, we're, we're not pushing 100 right now, which is which is exciting. Yes. The humidity though is the humidity is, is pretty bad. Yeah. Let's go Enigma Iceland. Yeah. We are going to Reykjavik. It's 50 degrees okay. right now. I haven't even checked. I don't need to check. Reykjavik mm-hmm. Iceland is literally in a 20 degree, like just, well, I don't know in Celsius, but in Fahrenheit, it's like from like high thirties to mid fifties year round. Right. No mosquitoes. 
in Iceland. Iceland doesn't have trees or mosquitoes. I can deal with not having trees. They have some trees they brought in, but they don't have mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. We'd be in fuzzy socks, Enigma. (laughs) We'd be maybe like a little fireplace. Like you and I would sit there at the fireplace, fuzzy socks, with hot Icelandic women in cuffs and collars at our feet right now. That's, that, that's a really hot image. I'm, I'm, I'm liking that. Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com if you are from Reykjavik. <laughs> and uh, you can take Enigma and I to your homeland and uh, welcome us Well, and give us hot Icelandic women. Oh, you were right on. It is 50 degrees in Iceland right now. It told you <laughs> 50 degrees. And that's probably a warm day for them. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. Our Icelandic listeners, let us know <laughs> how amazing the weather is. To them, they're like, ah, it's shitty and cold all the time. I'm like, no, no. You would die. You would die if you came here. Mm-hmm. Don't stay there. Bring Enigma and I to you <laughs> with hot Icelandic women. Mm-hmm. But I can't say it's not fun in Los Angeles with the crazy people. Oh, oh, Adventures with the Crazies? Homeless daycare at the Burbank Library was exceptional today. <laughs> Today's highlight was crazy younger homeless guy looked like maybe about 30 or something Mm -hmm. and he wanders in slushing in and he's like an angry is like he's like a a low-level hater that just cusses under his breath but he's not like screaming right but he's like fuck these people i'll fucking kill you fucking fuck fucking shit and then he gets on the phone he sits right next to the teen center like literally his table and then the teen center is right next to that and so, and I'm a table away from him and he's fucking talking to the bank because of course I can't imagine what it's like to be a bank employee <laughs> talking to crazy people that you know are crazy in the library talking about millions of dollars that don't exist mm-hmm. that they want you to give them access to because some family it always it's always an inheritance that they're being screwed out of and it's always seems to be the sister that is screwing right. them out of it and then you know so she eventually hangs up on him cuz he's talking out loud and we're hearing this and and then he starts muttering but i noticed the whole time you know out of the corner of my eye that he's got like a it, i thought it was a cigarette or a joint in the library right next to the teen section. But then to my surprise, that's not what it was, Enigma. (laughs) And in the middle of the fucking library, I see flash, flash. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I look over and fucking homeboy is literally has a piece of fucking foil. And he's smoking fucking meth in the library next to the teen section. Oh, and I'm like, and he's like, grumble, 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 meth, meth, meth. And I'm like, no, I, I, you know, and if it was outside, fuck, you're outside. But, dude, you're sitting next to the teen section in the library, and I don't want to be around this shit. So I'm like, hey, 
fucking uh, Captain fucking Wingnut over here smoking a fucking meth. And apparently the other librarians on the other desk saw him. <laughs> so they had to go up to Captain fucking uh, Captain Wonderful. They tell him, hey, bro, there's no meth smoking. And it's not a good example for the kids. So you're going to have to leave. Yeah. You're going to have to leave. And he just, like, nothing happened. Took his time. Like, just got his shit together. <laughs> fucking, fuck these fucking, fucking sister took my money. Fucking, fucking, da, da, da. And then just wandered off. That was my day. <laughs> I just saw a movie. Um, somebody kept turning their flashlight on in, in the theater, and that was annoying. That's great. Um, I love people. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is turned into the let's talk about how great humanity is segment. Oh my god! No, I could you know if I could go off on all the L.A. drivers I deal with every day and how stupid. No, no, they all I think are. two examples is good uh, enough, and then we should talk about kinky stuff. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I. I, I, I went to like the end of a party last weekend and somebody that I've talked about, this is a, a new partner, a new, I guess, potential partner. We haven't actually done a whole lot of play, but uh, I happened to go to right. the party and they were like, hey, you're here. I'm here. And so we didn't have a full scene, but we had kind of a tastery thing. Um, oh, good, good, good. Like, no toys, just a little hands. And they bratted a little bit because they're they're a hardcore brat. Um, but they're nice. They have they have a good control of their brat, so like they can they can let it out for for at different levels depending on who they're playing with, which I found I find incredibly refreshing. Um, that is good. Yes, uh, but yeah, no. So uh, we we had a little taster thing, and then uh, this this weekend we're gonna be actually getting together and having a uh, more more full uh, more full scene. Oh, in private? Uh, not in private. It's going to be at a, at an event. Oh, but, okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's th- progressing into into a full into a full thing. I like hearing that full thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good. It's a good description. <laughs> this is going to be a thing. It's going to be a full thing, mm-hmm. and we look forward on Perverted Podcast to hear details, gory details of that. Because all I have is fucking homeless, crazy people smoking crack next to the teen section. And uh, right, good times, good times. But we have two good topics today that we're going to pound both of these. And I uh, did a lot in between the wonders of the Burbank Library. I was able to do some research and study and think about these topics. So I'm looking forward to getting into them. Very nice. So uh, we'll get into these articles. Both of our articles today um, come from the same website. So it's kind of a theme today. Um, they come from the website. Um, SciPost.org. Uh, so, um, if you're looking for that, and if you're looking for any of our articles, they are all listed on our FetLife page. So, this first article is entitled uh, "People Who Use OnlyFans Tend to Get Smarter About Sex." Hmm. Um, a, How intuitive! A study was recently pu- <laughs> uh, A study was recently published in Sexuality and Culture, discussing uh, folks who are active users of sites like OnlyFans tend to increase their knowledge about sexuality. Uh, for those who don't know, OnlyFans is one of many sites on the internet where adult performers of many many different genders and niches can gain followers who pay for access to the content the performers provide. Um, due to the lack of consistent comprehensive sex ed, the study was trying to find where folks might be getting their 
sexual education. Um, this specific survey covered 425 OnlyFans users. Uh, it's about 50-50 split of male and female, um, all about in their 30s. Okay. So both genders reported learning something new about sexual practices, preferences, sexual health, and more. Uh, and the more they rep- and the the more they reported using the site, the more positive impacts they felt that that uh, they had on their sexual lives. So they learned more, like different techniques and tips and tricks to use in their sexual life. Hmm. The researchers wanted to expand on this study um, and talk about things such as what are the performers doing that makes the site so educational, um, as opposed to just being kind of another porn site, and how different demographics are affected. Um, and what makes OnlyFans or sites like it um, the site to go to for people's sex ed? I thought this was very interesting. Now, I'm not an OnlyFans person. Of course, you see clips that they later upload to regular sites from their, like, mm-hmm. you know, they release teeth because they want to get people to their OnlyFans. So after a while, they'll right. take some of their older clips. And then some of them are like their live streams and stuff like that. But I've never actually been on. Only have you ever been on OnlyFans? I I've dabbled. I I can't afford to fully support some people, but there have been a couple where, um, it, like I'll, I'll have like good friends who like I've maybe seen in similar situations, so it's not that weird. But like I will go on and just like uh, if they have like a free follow things, like the more followers they have, right, like right. um. So I I've dabbled in it, but I've I've just never been able to afford to actually like participate in like the OnlyFans thing as a consumer. Well, now go with me on this then, because like I said, I've gone to the clips, I've read stuff, I know people that have mm-hmm. been on OnlyFans, you know, of course we've heard OnlyFans, 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 uh, ad nauseum. So I was like, well, people are smarter watching OnlyFans or these types of sites. And a couple things that really stuck out to me, and even in the article it touched on it, in regular porn, it's very porny for lack of a more educated term. We've been doing this show eight years, by the way, Enigma. I obviously uh, really uh, evolved in my uh, vocabulary of sexuality, human sexuality. But but it's a lot of positions that are uncomfortable. It's a lot of fakeness in regular porn. Yeah. Especially like the heterosexual so. porn. It's all of these positions and weird pile drivers and reverse backwards foot up the ass fucking things that are not. Re- well, they're, they're, they're performing for the camera. Yeah, that's not really realistic sexuality. And we've and and since the years of, of watching porn, we've heard from many uh, of the models that perform in, in those types of porn are saying these are very unrealistic. These are not comfortable. This is not how you normally have sex. It's for the camera so you can have whatever your jerk-off is. Whereas a lot of the sites like OnlyFans and especially a lot of the streamings that a lot of people are doing are a lot of solo masturbation kind of channels. Where that, in general, there's one performer and they're literally in their bedroom with all of their toys out. And they're doing things with those toys, and and you're actually, especially on the live streams, you're actually kind of in in interacting with them. I've right. seen tons of those videos where people are well, and I've 
go I, i've definitely enjoyed uh, doing like cam or like watching cam girls and like like i said i can't afford to really pay them but like there there is something uh, uh more interesting when you can like watch someone and like just kind of existing in their sexy selves sure. and not trying like they're performing a little bit because they are like they are on stream but like it, it's definitely a lot more of a casual um interaction than like yeah like you're saying like for the highly highly produced porn stuff which can be hot but it's not it's hot in a different way well some of the things that that you're seeing here is people are first off you're able to ask questions and so right. what do you like what do you there and you're seeing all of their toys so people are asking questions about the toys and then mm-hmm. people are seeing them used on themselves and like some of it like you said some of it's for show but some of this is these performers are actually showing you how to use these toys and how they like it used on them whereas it's right. not it's not as much acting uh, and just faking things for the camera, like a lot of these people are, you know, doing it the way they like it because they're in control of it. And right, and then they're not going to do it in a way that's going to hurt. Yeah, exactly. They're not. You right. don't see a lot of them, like you know, hanging off the edge. Of, well, some maybe. Um, some you know, but uh, <laughs> it's so it just seems like you're seeing at least a more real version of sexuality in these things. Which would, especially with that interactivity, it really does make sense that people are going to be able to feel. Also, it's kind of like when you go to the women-run sex stores, the toy stores. Like, a lot of those women, at least out here, they're not fucking around. They don't, they're not hung up. You ask them a question about a toy, they're going to tell you what they like about it. And if they've tried it. And what it does, it's just a little bit more, you're going to get a more straight answer in that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you're not going to get that in regular porn. And you're surely not right. going to get that in, you know, uh, United States sex education. They're still having kids sign fucking <laughs> abstinence fucking contracts. Right. So I, I can see, I can surely see how people are getting smarter because of this. Obviously the best way to learn about sexuality is to contact Enigma and I at pervertpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> and ask some fucking questions and we'll do some research with you or to go to these live events or to go to online classes or go to sexplanations and listen to Dr. Doe who is now back from her sabbatical um, and doing videos again or any of these other things where you can interact and ask the questions that is to me has been my number one trial and error great if you have lots of partners and you can trial and error that's wonderful but being in a scenario where you can comfortably and that fet life i mean duh fet life is another great place with all the different groups and things like that where you can really ask a lot of questions and you can and obviously you're going to get a bunch of different opinions and some may be good and some may be uh not so good but it's just so empowering when you can just ask someone a question and they don't it's not a fluffy bullshit or shaming judgmental answer yeah i i i I definitely think that that sort of an action is is why people are learning because it's it's like like when i was in school like i definitely learned better 
when I had teachers who it was less of just like a showy class and more of a like an inner uh, conversation back and forth. And so right. I, I, I definitely understand how this can be um, definitely be helpful. Or I don't know about Iceland, how the sex education <laughs> is in Iceland. I'm willing to learn. But I surely know um, that a lot of the European, especially like Denmark, I heard uh, she passed, but uh, a friend of the show, um, she told me how, like, it's just so non-bullshit the mm-hmm. way they handle their sex education. And they talk about everything openly. They talk about all the different uh, types of sexuality and orientations and and even get in a little bit into kink, you know, age appropriate and stuff like that. Right. And it's just done in a way that it's like, oh, it's just matter of fact. Nobody's telling you to do something or not to do something. They're saying, okay, well, you're going to desire this at some point, And these are the things you should know. And then it talks a little bit about, you know, how you interact with people and stuff like that. And I'm like, why can't we just have that? Oh, because we're hung up here that's why yeah the conservative i mean we 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 were started by puritans so you know and apparently uh we're now going backwards again so so more need for uh for more of these types of talk shows and places for people to be educated exactly uh which actually uh, isn't isn't a bad transition into how uh, into our next article um and it, talking about how things are evolving and whatnot. So our, their next article is in, uh, from the same website, SciPost.org. And it is entitled, New Study Reveals Factors Shaping Attitudes Towards Casual Sex in Emerging Adults. So for some, for some, for some, sex is a very meaningful step that only happens in the confines of a monogamous relationship. Uh, for others, you can <laughs> be... <laughs> For others, yay! Can... Ooh, hey, wow! Hey. Sorry, hey, hey. It's perfectly whatever. Fine. It's perfectly fine. It is perfectly fine. If you're a fucking loser, what? All right. So, for others, you can be more open, and casual encounters are more the norm. Um, a study in the archival ar- archives of sexual behavior explores the spectrum of interest in sex. Um, the study that this article specifically talks about um, covered a group of about 694 teens over several years keeping track of partners and sexual behaviors as they transitioned into adulthood. Um, a third a third of them reported partaking in casual sex near the end of the study, and a quarter were participating in some sort of sexual, uh, non-exclusive type relationships. Uh, folks who saw a lot of conflict within committed relationships and those who were around more casual ones were more likely to lean into the casual sex than a committed one. Uh, this study took I- important steps in understanding uh, evolving sexual behaviors in the next generations. Um, despite the size, the study itself was pretty limited, but it is still a good step in learning about how humanity's perspective on relationships is evolving. I see good things and I see some things that make me once again sad because so much of like what this article was about and, and the research study showed that basically what's around you dictates how you're going to view your sexuality. And if you're not in a situation, like if you're in a broken home and you see your parents fighting all the time and they're screaming and it's not, you know, 
they're like, oh, they're more likely to have casual sex because you've seen how shitty relationships can be. And you're like, I don't want to do that. And so I don't think that's necessarily the type of inspiration, you know, we want for people. If, if you're in a group of people where everyone's talking very sexual and, you know, they're doing that one up thing where you're like, oh, I fucked 20 chicks and, oh, I, you know, I sucked off 10 guys or whatever it is. I don't think that's necessarily the best way to enter into your sexuality. Right. You know, because it's now it's not about your desire for sex. It's not about your desire for intimacy with another person. It's more kind of like peer pressure or negative uh, influence, which once again goes right back to uh, better sex education and more outlets for people when they start developing their sexual desires um, that there's somewhere to go to have real questions answered. Right. And, and if, if, if all of your, all of your relationship models are dysfunctional, but the, the functional ones are the casual sex, then yeah, you might lean into that for a while. Sure. Um, that, like, that's why you, that, that's why you see a lot of people in college. Like they, they kind of do hookup culture for a while because right. It, it seems like the thing to do. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe there might be peer pressure, or but like we also have. I, I, I don't want to sound old, but we also have the media, who is likes to push like these casual relationships and how that's how college is supposed to be. Um, but I, I have definitely seen, and you know, it, it, it might just, it's probably a lot has to do with the fact that I'm just involved in that world. But like, I definitely see a lot more people um, involved in at least a little bit of open relationships um uh, if not polyamory then you're, you're we're, we're talking swinging or some some sort of open openness to the relationship um and i i think that's becoming if not more common just more um accepted well now i'm gonna swing my pendulum okay to say that the about what the negatives were that i still believe that surely in our culture and there's some negative reasons behind it, but mm-hmm. I think as we're leaving the brainwashing of religious and conservative traditional views that and Disney that says this is it, you fall in love, uh, whatever that means, and then it's happily ever after, and you get married, and you squirt out some kids, and you be part of the consumer fucking uh, sheep mill. Right. And that's and and that was very negative because that didn't show what relationships were like. And then you saw your parents, oh, we stay together for the kids, but you actually watch them and you're like, these people aren't intimate with each other. These people don't love each other. They bicker. It's like, you know, I think as we get away from the bullshit, we see that relationships are very difficult. Yeah. Most of our relationships fail. We know this. If you, I mean, how many people did you date and fail dating on the way to your supposed one true love, which now ends 60% into 50, 60% in divorce? All the statistics now talk about your first marriage. Like now we've just ignored the fact 
that you're probably going to fail your first marriage or your second marriage. You know, like right. people in this newer generation, this is where it gets kind of negative. Mm-hmm. People are skipping at Grammarly is writing our letters for us. <laughs> we don't even know how to talk to each other. Nobody is getting the skills to communicate, period. Everything you, oh, we, we can't read this book. We're just going to get the cliff notes. And then I'm not going to experience any of this intimacy and communication. Hey, I'm not hey, going to uh, have uh, any action. That's that's how I passed AP English was with those cliff notes. Thank you very much, Boogie. Well, once again, <laughs> that's how you passed and got a fucking mark, a grade. Right. But you didn't learn anything. You didn't experience anything. And you didn't grow any ability to communicate with other humans. And as we get farther and farther away from learning communication skills, and on top of that, we see how hard it is. There is a lot of work to having a good relationship. And it has to be on both sides of that relationship. Both people have to be into it. Both people have to be willing to be vulnerable with each other and build that trust to where they can work through stuff together and it can be messy and it can and it can have some pain involved with it. But then, of course, we have a lot of examples of people going when you go through that and you achieve that level of camaraderie and intimacy and partnership with somebody, then that is something that's very special to a lot of people. But it's going to be work. And for people that don't want like me people that don't want to invest in that much work or see the benefit of it, then you should be having casual relationships. That should be what you are focusing on and building great friendship groups and that you have your deeper kind of friendship intimacy with your friends. And then you have more casual lovers because not everyone is equipped to do that kind of work. And I think that's what's starting to be seen more does that make sense it does and like i mean I, I think i've talked about this in more gushy terms but like the the communication that d and i have is is the healthiest i've had in several partners because like i just the way that their brain works is we're able to have we're, we're able to sit and have just like good conversations that that are are necessary and they're important and they help move move the relationship forward and the fact that we're doing so well is because both of us come from backgrounds where communication is important but at the same time i've had enough negative re- reactions when i do try to have like substantial communication with partners that it's it ha- there was a little bit of a relearning curve with d where i like i had to like i i i wasn't like afraid to have conversations with her because she was like oh no these are important things we need to talk about and there are important things to our relationship. And the fact that uh, we're able to have those is a big testament to why we're so healthy together. And you're both willing to do that work. And I'm just yeah. going to say, in my experience, most people don't find that. Right. Where both people are that dedicated to that. So, And that's okay. Yeah. I think that's what's very important to understand. You may have the, you know, the Prince Charming Disney ideal in your head that's been put in your head, 
Right. But there are other ways to achieve intimacy and that level of satisfaction in your relationships without having to be in a committed monogamous marriage. Right. If you're not that person, which I tried to be for all of my younger years and it made me miserable, I'm not that person. I don't have that commitment or that desire or that attention span to have long-term relationships. Right. So just accept that that's okay. Yeah. That it's okay that you, because most people, how many people do we know? How many of our grandparents and relatives just like bickered? I watched my grandparents bicker 11 times a visit. And I was only there for a few hours. So I'm assuming they bickered like fucking 50 times a day. Just, oh, relationships are hard, but you just muddle through and be a martyr and stick through this fucking person that you want to scratch their eyes out 18 hours of the day. I don't want that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I surely don't think this new, surely in our culture, I don't think they were wanted either. So let go of the fantasy. If it happens, great. If both of you were into it and you like you, if you find someone that you have that lock and you're willing to do that work together, great. But I think, I think casual, and once again, casual doesn't mean just a one night stand. Right. Casual just means you're not in a committed relationship with them. It's not a 24-7. You're not going to move in together. It's casual that we can love and respect each other when we're on our date and on our playtime. And then you go to your life and I have my life. Well, and to even open it up, like there's like casuals, casual sex isn't just for like the heteronormative crowd. You can have ace people who like. Every once in a while, sure. they get they get the urge, or they they it's sure. like they they have the need to do it. And so, having casual partners, they can be like, "Hey, I'm actually horny today. I I would I, I need to I need to get this out." And so, you have those partners that you can you can do those things with, and um, I, it's incredibly healthy, incredibly uh, normal. But it's 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 seen as it, we're, we're we're getting more op- we're getting more accepting of the different ways that sex can be approached um it's it's pushing some some people's uh some people's uh comfortability levels but at the same time it's 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 healthier when people are allowed to express themselves in healthy ways as opposed to holding that shit in and uh it, it, it tends to come out in not so healthy ways I think we're entering into what I, and of course we're hoping for balance because you're always, right. you're always hoping course. for balance. But I think we're heading into something where people are no longer judged and shamed as much for choosing to stay single, for choosing yeah. to be unwed, for choosing not to have children. I, I've definitely seen articles written about about just that, about how the the wedding industry is is hurting because Good. so few people are, yeah they're they're either having they're not having big weddings or they're not having weddings at all like the the couple weddings that I've I've worked like they were pretty small weddings like one was in the backyard of a house and the other one was at a venue but it was a pretty small event. like they're they're not as 
big big of big grand things as they you know they were 20 years ago uh part of it is because they're expensive but part of it is it's not as necessary like people just kind of like i know one couple that they just kind of started living together and now they have a kid and like they never really did the marriage thing but they they worked together and it, it they did they didn't need that label yeah plus yeah it's just fucking you're spending a million dollars on a perfect or not a million but you know what i mean might yeah, as well yeah, be you're, you're spending I mean, it, sometimes it is. Yeah, uh, but yeah you're, you're spending a lot of money on what could have just been 50 bucks at the courthouse for a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, and like it, it like I, I, I will admit, like in my hopeless romanticness, I, I like it, it would be cool to have that ceremony. But like at the end of the day, if I'm with somebody that I care about, it's not it's not going to be a necessity. I had a surfer wedding. A surfer wedding? Yeah, on Malibu Beach. We actually got a did, permit. Did you, did you get wed? Did you get wed while surfing? Uh, no, but there were people surfing mm. in the background while we were getting married. We had surfboards stuck in the ha- sand. We all had zinc on our noses, <laughs> and and instead of the nice. unity candle, we had the unity hibachi, and so <laughs> we squirted lighter fluid in it and flicked matches in it until it exploded. Okay, that was like kind of cool. Yeah, we were in a magazine because, you know, I can't do anything that's not a show. And uh, (laughs) the pastor, Darren, he was the youth minister of my church. He did the whole uh, ceremony and surfer talk and changed it all. And, uh, yeah. By the way, I was married in the, like, 92 for for an hour, for like an hour and a half. (laughs) It wasn't long. Yeah. Oh, thank God I haven't fucking done that again. It's a good wedding. That was good. That was, that was, I mean, it's, it's, it, was, it, it sounds like one I'd like to, I, I, I wish I could have attended. It went downhill after that, pretty much. <laughs> we had our honeymoon in Catalina. She lost my favorite hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we went on the uh, tandem bike and I told her to put yeah. my hat, let's just leave my hat there. No, no, I'll carry it. No, no, we don't have to. We, we can just go back. 20, no, I'll carry it. Hour later. Hey, where's my hat? I don't know. Divorce came soon after. <laughs> she also let our parakeet fly away and my snake escape. Uh, yeah. That's... <laughs> but she played great flute. She uh, doubled on uh, <laughs> tenor sax. She played piccolo, which was annoying as hell. And she made the best clam chowder to this day that I've ever had. So, also, she was good with blowing and clams. She was good. Well, yeah. She was good at the horn, for sure. And the flute. Mm-hmm. She played mm-hmm. pretty flute. God damn mm-hmm. it. Fuck marriage. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, 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 that's, that's valid, Boogie. That's valid. Enigma. <laughs> Where do the kids send us their questions? Well, they can send us our questions. You can email us, uh, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on social media. We're on, it's not Twitter anymore. It's called X. Uh, but we're still Perverted PCast Fucking there. kill them. Uh, Jesus no. Christ. And then on Instagram, we're Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, you can find us. There's both a group and a page. Just search Perverted Podcast. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs>
And that is the end of show 384. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, or even some little quotes you might want to send us for do our little ancient sayings uh, topic, I really like doing that. Please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on TikTok and Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And on FetLife, there is both a group and a page. You can support us for free by hitting the like or subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on. It really does help, help other kinksters like you find us and helps push us up in the platform so that way we can be seen better. Last warning, people. Please don't forget... The Stitcher app is going away at the end of August. So when you are listening to this, by the time the next episode drops, we may not be there. It's nothing to do with us. It's Stitcher is going away for a platform. So please, you can download us for free on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Podbean so you can keep getting episodes. If you'd like to help us do a little bit more, you can go to patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast and sign up for our five bucks if you give a fuck level where you get the show a few days early. Lots of behind the scenes stuff on our half a peepee episodes, which are rolling along. And as always, love and smushy kisses to all our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us and our our peepee zombies and zits. We love you. We do love you, goddammit, Path Girl. That was a heck of a fun show. So much gratitude to you people that keep us alive. I've had some good emails this week with some cool listeners. One of them a new, well, a recurring patron supporter that that came back to uh, sign back up. And uh, I love you guys so much. It's uh, it really, really makes a difference in my life. Still working on the bigger plan. Still working on making this show better. Still trying to come up with new eyes, new ideas. Please hit us up at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. This is your show. Also, I am kind of a lonely guy. So uh, if you just want to fucking talk or have some ideas about life or you want to bitch about something, God damn it, it's not like I have a lot to do right now. So you can just reach out. Path Girl does it all the time. I see. And you know what? I tell people all the time. There are parts of Boogie that are absolutely crazy. We all know this and we love it. But there are times that Boogie and I will have these long, deep conversations about kink or about life or whatever. And I come to these, he he slaps me in the face with some of these realities. And I'm like, holy shit, how have I never thought of that before? (laughs) That's because we're all frogs that have gotten out of the well. Yes. And to be honest, I would much rather slap you across the face with my dick, but... If that's not available, then uh, I will yes. share. Yeah, slap me yes, I, not with your dick. <laughs> uh, whatever. All Don't right, we'll see you guys song. on the next show. Don't you have a frog what? song, by the way? I do have. Well, I have a song that has a frog in it. Yeah. Actually, fine. Fine. That's Butterflap. I will Yay! play that for you now. Yay! This next song's called Butterflap, and it will be your new favorite song. That is, if you are in the market for a new favorite song.
now be singing. I'm a butterfly, pretty wings, flap, flap, flap. Verse two, I'm a little frog, slimy skin, hop, hop, hop. In France, they like my legs at dinner time, chop, chop, chop. Sometimes I sit on my lily pad, life just seems not such a thrill. Little frog's got a big long tongue. I'm a little frog, slimy skin, hop, hop, hop. This is the uh, time for the drum solo. It's a very, very short drum solo. Verse three, I'm a little blue train, big smokestack, chug, chug, chug. That's all.